0: And uh, I thought that it I said in the Constitution, the uh, church constitution, no Christmas songs till after Thanksgiving. Isn't that in there? That? No? Uh, it does go pretty quickly, though, once we, we start singing them. It seems like we just get into the Christmas music uh, singing and, it, uh, and it's over with. But All right, uh, Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, and we're clicking through the uh, Proverbs 12, yeah, Proverbs 12. We're clicking through the Proverbs, uh, trying not to linger too much, there's so much information, and uh, and in in, in a sense, you know, we're just kind of hitting the tops of it, but uh, um, I've I've benefited from being back in Proverbs again. Um, I taught... I taught the Book of Proverbs to seventh and eighth graders for 13 years, I think, and uh, it was always a fun study. We did we did a lot of different things uh, with it, uh, but it's been a little while since I spent uh, spent time back in there in particular. So um, I trust it's uh, it's encouraging uh, to you as well and, and helpful to you. And uh, just never forget that really the main character of the Book of the Bible is is Jesus Christ and and anything that we study from God's Word is, is related to Him. And uh, we know that the Bible tells us that in Him all wisdom is found. And uh, He is wisdom personified. So when we're talking about wisdom, we're talking about you know, that which reflects the character of Jesus Christ. And, and we know that our flesh doesn't profit anything. The Bible tells us that very clearly. So if we approach the, the, the book of Proverbs as you know, a bunch of things that I'm going to try to do in my flesh, that's not, it's not going to work. you uh, you're going you're to be frustrated. Uh, and and, and that's, that's the way it is when we try to do things in our flesh. But if we look at this as, as the beauty and the character of Jesus Christ as it relates to living um, you know, life, the skill of, of, of living life God's way, and then we depend upon him and his spirit to, to, to help us and, and enable us for that, uh, then it can be transformational. And so I think that's the danger of the book of Proverbs is just looking at it as you know, uh, just a, a, a whole bunch of things we've got to try harder to do. Instead of, you know, that this is the beauty of the Lord. And, uh, and, and these things, by God's grace, he's, he's, he's teaching us and, and enabling us uh, uh, for. And, uh, and so the, the grace of God, you know, it does. Uh, it teaches us to live, uh, to live godly in this present world, doesn't it? And, and this is one of the ways he's going to do it is It's through, through his wisdom. Let's uh, ask the Lord to help us uh, here this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd you'd be with us as we study the book of Proverbs, uh, in chapter 12 here in particular. Lord, just uh, give us the truth that we need here tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, it says, Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. And we need to always be students. No matter how far in life we've gone, uh, it keeps, you know, it keeps the juices flowing. It's good for us to, to always be learning and to always be, be active thinkers when it comes to, to God's Word and to love instruction, to love instruction. Don't bristle at instruction. Embrace it. And, uh, you know, always, always have make sure that it's uh, uh, in accordance to the truth of God's Word. But it says, Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge and look at this it says but he that hateth reproof is brutish Now we don't use that term brutish uh, and we actually don't use probably in christian circles the term that kind of represents that uh, the most closely well we could use one word that uh, i guess is pretty palatable and that'd be the word thick you know don't be thick or stubborn okay kind of close to it a little harsher word, uh, actually, which is, is, is kind of on the line, is, is the word stupid. Now, that's, a, that's not a word that we use a lot, but that's what that means right there, all right? Uh, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's not, it's, it's a dumb thing to, uh, to hate reproof. And, you know, reproof, well, it's, Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof. So, instruction and knowledge um, are a lot like reproof. It's repeating the the, uh, the concept in different words, and sometimes we think of reproof as being a negative concept, don't we? Right? If I say you know a person gets reproved, do you think of that as positive or do you think of that as negative? And initially, I might think of that as negative, um, that reproof is a negative thing. But really, reproof is a very positive thing. Uh, reproof means to bring to light, right? Uh, so, it goes a lot with, with instruction or with, with, uh, with giving knowledge to bring to light the, the, the truth. And uh, so, if you think of it, you know, someone who would be opposed to something being brought to light for them, uh, well, that's not wise. That, that, would be, that would be a very foolish thing. All right? And uh, so, we should be in the pursuit of instruction. And we should be open uh, to, to reproof in our lives. And if it does come in more of a negative sense, we'll still look at, it. okay, what is God trying to open up to me uh, here? And, uh, you know, maybe maybe ch- You know, it's, it's, harder, it's harder with adults to, to dispense negative reproof than it is with children, you know? Uh, it seems like children are pretty easy to boss around, right? And to say no to, and say don't do that. And, you know... Um, <laughs> As people get older, it's a little harder to boss them around, right? You got you to you usually bring reproof in, in more positive terms. Sometimes, sometimes it might be a negative, uh, a negative uh, concept, but uh, you have to package it. You have to package it a little bit, right? And I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of, a, of a, an art in preaching as well as is, is delivering a reproof in such a way that uh, you know that, that it's going to be received and. Uh, well, you know, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes adults need to be coddled more than kids. Is that true? I think that might be true. <laughs> um, but we, we love preaching in our church, right? We love instruction. We love and reproof, right? It seems as though, I mean, we, we have a pretty high tolerance when it comes to, you know, um, long messages and, and hearing God's word. And, uh, uh, but uh, it's because we love instruction, all right? And it says in verse 2, A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices shall, will he condemn. And so we want instruction. Well, we want reproof because we want to uh, have favor in God's eyes. We're not trying to earn our salvation, but still we want to be pleasing to the Lord. We want, we, we want him to be pleased with us. And, uh, and certainly all of our man-made righteousness, the Bible says, are filthy rags. But yet if the reproof comes from the Lord, he opens up a truth to us, he enables us to do it, then God... God loves that. He's pleased uh, with that. We're going to connect some verses here. We're going to connect verses uh, 3, 5, and 7. In verse 3 it says, A man shall not be established by," by wickedness. A man shall not be established by wickedness. And so if by means of wickedness... A man is seeking to to gain promotion or to be established in this life. It's not going to hold water ultimately. It's not going to hold water, and uh, and so you know uh, uh, people. Are, there's a, there's a temptation. There's a temptation to to seek to to gain our way to uh, to manipulate to uh, to seek to posture for position, and. Uh, you know, when a man does that in a dishonest fashion, or in a way that is is not according to truth and in in, uh, in, in in a biblical fashion, um, that's not a that's not a, that's not a firm that's not a a substantive way to be established. And uh, so the Bible teaches that very clearly. There, man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. And so there is talking about something that that has more substance. Uh, there's a root there. It's 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 being grounded. Uh, it's something that that, that that cannot be so easily moved, right? There's some depth to it. Should, it kind of reminds me of uh, Psalm uh, number one, right? Uh, that that um, it contrasts the way of the wicked with the way of the righteous, and that righteous being like that tree that's planted. Uh, by the rivers of water and, and, and it, that's hard to move you get, you get something with a deep root system you ever try to yank even a small uh, tree that deal, like a little oak tree or something that's gotten those roots in there it's not real easy you get, and you get that uh, growing strong and, 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 uh, and, and mighty um, and that's uh, uh, something that has substance and depth to it so the root of the righteous it says shall not be what Shall not be moved, and uh, that's that's what we want. We want things to be to be rooted and grounded in truth and in righteousness, um, as much as the temptation for convenience might be otherwise. It'd be a very shallow root. It might be something that springs up and looks beautiful. Very shallow roots. It's not going to have a depth and and some and an endurance to it. Right. Um, it says in verse number four, a virtuous woman. Now, that is one of the themes of Proverbs when it, ta- when it talks about uh, women in particular. It talks about a woman who has virtue. In the last chapter, we saw, you know, that a, a, that a woman might have great view- beauty, but if she, if she has ugly character, that's going to spoil the beauty, right? And God, God loves a, a, a virtuous, a, a, a lovely, beautiful spirit in, the, in a woman. And he says that that's true beauty, and for anybody, a male or female, you know, beauty uh, that 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 flower it fades away, it it, it fades away, and and uh, but you know, uh, but the virtue of a person can actually grow. That that beauty can grow throughout life, Uh, and a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband in particular, Um, a great blessing, a great a great compliment. The crown is a compliment, a a great compliment, a great blessing. Uh, to the husband, and, and uh, you know it can be a miserable life. It can be a miserable life for a man who is married to a woman who's not virtuous, who does not seek to, to compliment their husband and to uh, uh, to be a blessing uh, to their husband. Uh, she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones, and that can be that can be a long uh, hard uh, road to hoe there. Uh, you know, if if the husband uh, has a a a wife that, that brings shame, uh, that brings shame in in the character, and so um, you know, ladies uh, seek seek to be a, a, a crown to to your husband. You say, well, that sounds demeaning. Well, why? Crown is a wonderful thing, and uh, it's 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 a it's a great calling. Um, it's nothing to it, it's not. There's nothing demeaning about it. There's nothing second rate about that. It's the way it's the way God made it. It Can be a wonderful, uh, beautiful thing in that partnership. And so, you know, kind of like we talked about with kids, you have the greatest potential to either bring joy or heartache to your parents. Well, you know, um, a spouse has the greatest potential to either encourage or discourage their, their, their mate. Uh, I guess out of all the you know the people that I can think of, my wife has the, you know other than the Lord, she has the greatest power over me. The influence of a wife—it's a powerful thing. That <laughs> was one of the quietest moments we've ever had in Clinton Baptist Church. I mean, it is true. You were contemplating that. It's like, whoa—that is a deep truth right there. It is true, though. It is true. I mean, I think of uh, all my friends, my brothers, uh, my friends um, who who are married, my guy friends. I see. I see either. You know good or bad i uh, see that the the influence that a woman has in a man's life it is a powerful thing it is a powerful thing and uh, and so here um it's talking uh, on the on, on the one hand what a virtue that can be what a what a crown and a compliment that can be on the other hand uh, it just talks about something that just uh you know just kind of rots away the relationship just rots away i mean just after a while it's just like you know that's a it's a hard burden to to, to bear and so, uh, that's some reproof right there. Uh, that's, that's adding light to the situation as to how things tend to work according to the book of Proverbs. All right? I was going to connect, though, verses 3, 5, and 7. So, let me, uh, let me pursue that again. It says, A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Then look at verse 5. It says, The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The counsels of the wicked are deceit. Then look at verse 7. Again, the wicked. It says the wicked. And the wicked are those that, just per, that, that not only uh, pursue a wrong way of doing things, but they condone it. Uh, the wicked. They're just brazen in it. And uh, it is astounding sometimes when you see wicked devices and wicked methods. How little shame there is in it it's like, you know, when people, wicked people, sometimes they don't even try to hide what they're trying to do and why they're doing it. They're just, we're wicked and we love it. This is what we're going to do and we're going to push it through. Uh, But man, that's, uh, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about that. And so verse 7 says, the wicked are what? Overthrown. (laughs) The wicked are overthrown. There's been a lot of wicked men and women in this world that have, that have, uh, that have pursued wickedness in a very brazen and in a very aggressive fashion. Where are they all? What kind of uh, impact did they end up having? Uh, flash in the pan is all it is. And, uh, they, but they're, they're also going to have to answer. They did, they did lead some people. They did have an influence. They'll have to answer for that. Uh, but uh, says the wicked are overthrown and are not. You name, it, you give, me, give me a list of the ten you know, most notorious wicked people that have been throughout history. What happened to them? Where was the glory in it? What kind of thoughts does their name you know, resonate with that? What does history say about them and, and how are they seen in the light of history? Uh, the wicked are overthrown and are not. But look at this. But the house of the righteous shall stand. The influence of the house of the righteous is enduring. That's a wonderful truth right there. It it seemed like uh, like maybe this morning like we we had maybe a little bit of a discouragement in the ranks. And I don't know, I'm not always the best at discerning stuff like that. Uh, A, because I'm male and, you know. (laughs) But uh, it, seemed like, uh, it seemed like maybe there was a little bit of just a little down in the dump. Look. Look at that verse right there. The wicked are overthrown or not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. What is the house of the righteous? Well, it's your realm of influence. You be righteous in your realm of influence. You follow God's ways in your realm of influence. And that's going to hold water. That's going to that's endure. You just stand on that ground right there. Just keep it up. And uh, don't be discouraged. God's ways are intact, and they cannot be—they—they—they—they uh, they, 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 they cannot be denied. Um, and so, I—I uh, I found those verses encouraging. And then it says, verse—verse—verse uh, uh, um, uh, verse, verse eight. It says, "A man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. He that is despised." and hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. It's an interesting verse. Then verse 10. says, A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are, are cruel. And so, a righteous man is he even going to seek to do right, you know, even by... As far as the animals go uh, they're, they're, they're pets, they're working animals. I guess this is probably be talking mostly about I don't know if they have pets in Bible times or not probably so it kind of seems like a, kind of a gift that God's given us to enjoy you know enjoy animals and have pets and whatnot but uh, uh, it's just talking about the animals that God has entrusted to us have stewardship over treat, treat them treat them you know a righteous person is going to treat them properly uh, you know I know that big tough guys like like real big tough guys they shoot cats okay because that's like really cool. You ever heard those stories, right? Guys that like to talk about how tough they are, about how they treat a cat. <laughs> yeah, that makes you really tough, man. You can shoot a cat. That's awesome. Um, but uh, I, always, I always thought, hey, look, like a real man can be, we can be kind to animals, right? Uh, we can treat animals properly because they're, they're, God created them to be used for, for, for purposes. Now, grandho- groundhogs, that's pushing him. <laughs> because they do come and eat our crops, you know. Um, and, uh, hey, later on in the passage here, it talks about, like, if we, it talks to hunters. It's hunting season. Uh, where is that? Anybody see that verse? I think it's in this, the, I just read it uh, in this chapter. We'll get to it. Uh, what's that? 27. 27. Yeah, 20. Okay. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting. You know what that is? It's shooting just for the sport of it, right? I'm just going to shoot something and just leave it laying there. But, uh, 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 but the substance of a diligent man is precious. And so they hunt so as to eat, uh, not just for the pleasure uh, of it. But uh, so it says a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are, are, are cruel. And so, you know, when a wicked person, when they're being nice, be suspicious. <laughs> uh, why are they being nice? You know, what are, they trying to, what are they trying to get out of us? Because it says the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Ultimately, so interesting concepts, you know, Proverbs, it seems like it just covers it all and uh, gives us so much insight into into so many different things. Verse 11, he that tilleth his uh, land shall be satisfied with bread. That's that's true, isn't it? You know, when you work for something, you 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 uh, you appreciate it more. Um, You know, people that grow their food and, you know, live off the land, you know, they've worked for that. They put sweat into that. And the effort and then, you know, they see that on the table, that means something more than maybe just somebody that just came and it's just always there, you know. A kid, they just show up every meal, Uh, the food's there, they get to complain about it if they don't like it, you know. Um, If they do like it, they just, you know, shove it down, don't say thank you, and and, uh, then just come back for the next meal. Probably don't even help clean up. You know, they're probably not going to appreciate the food that much, right? You ever seen that? Okay. I have very little patience, when it comes, and I try not to have pet peeves, but I don't, I don't like it when people get, it come to the table, someone's prepared a meal for them, someone's paid for that, prepared it, and put it in front of them, and they complain about the meal. I don't want to hear complaints about food at my table. If it's not your favorite thing, eat it so as to survive, okay? If you like it, well, give a, say thank you, give a compliment. If you don't like it that much, still say thank you, because someone labored to prepare that, right? Uh, But, uh, you know, ultimately, probably what needs to happen is, you know, people appreciate more when they've had to work for something. They appreciate it more. And uh, so, uh, you know, when I hear kids complaining about food, I say, you're a spoiled American. That's what you are. Because a lot of places in the world that I've been to, they're looking for the next meal, whatever it is, and I can not complaining about it because they might not get a meal for a while. And you say, ah, you're just being sensational. No. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I believe me, I'm not. And so, uh, just to be thankful. He that uh, uh, tilleth his land shall be satisfied with, oh, with, with, with bread. Uh, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous uh, yieldeth fruit. And then it says in verse 13, The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. So again, um, the wicked, ultimately snared by their own devices. The just shall come out of trouble. Truth always prevails. Uh, stick with what is right. A man shall be satisfied with, the group, with good by the fruit of his mouth. We've all had times where we've said things that we regretted. Oh, man, I wish I hadn't said that. When we slow down a little bit, even though we feel like saying something different or in a different way, when we slow down, and we and we and we say it God's way instead. We're always, always we're happy with that. Afterwards, you know, we're happy with the fruit of 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 of, of that. A man shall be satisfied with the, with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered uh, unto him. The ways of a fool are right in his own eyes, and you know I think one of the characteristics of a fool is is they never take responsibility and they always have a way of justifying everything that, everything they do. Um, Fools are know-it-alls. And people can find a way to justify just about anything and have an excuse for for everything. And the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. They're right in their own eyes. And they don't care if it's right in anyone else's eyes. It's right in their eyes. But he that hearkens in the counsel is wise. Uh, Look, if, if if someone... and you might take it as criticism, but if someone says something about something that, that you're doing or the way you know, you're doing it, just listen and see if there's something you can learn from, from that. Don't be defensive. You know, the fool is just defensive, like, all the time. I, 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 uh, I tend to be that way. I tend to be, you know, uh, not take criticism initially well. I have to, I have to, okay, I have to process that a little bit. We, all right, I think I'm pretty much made the way, same way you are. Do you enjoy criticism? Like, I really love it when people criticize me. Probably not. But uh, at the same time, don't be like the fool that's always right in their own eyes. Always right. All right? He that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Uh, you can learn from others. And you say, well, you know, what they're saying isn't true. But that's the way they're perceiving it. And a lot of, a lot of what is true about you is, is the way that people are perceiving you many times. I mean, that's, that's the truth in their eyes, at least. So what kind of a, you know, what are you exuding there? What kind of a testimony do you have um, take some counsel. All right? uh, verse 16 says, A fool's wrath is presently known. A fool's wrath is presently known. You know what that means? You've got a quick temper. A fool has a quick temper. You say, well, I just speak my mind, and you know, people don't have to wonder what I'm thinking. Well, great. You know, that's a wonderful character trait. Um, <laughs> sometimes people, have, they have a, a, a short fuse, it's called. A short fuse. And that's what it's talking about here. A fool's wrath is presently known. You just get angry and blow up. Now, probably, you know, seething in anger is no better than this. But the Bible says that we're not supposed to give, you know, we're not supposed to to, to, to harbor wrath and, and, and to give place by the, to the devil by doing that. We give place to the devil when we're, when we're an angry person. And so a fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man, you know, covers shame. Uh, how many times have you, have you you said something too quick, and uh, you lost your temper, and then you were ashamed afterwards? You're like, I wish I hadn't done that. And you're embarrassed to think back what it actually looked like, you know? Probably the most comfortable place to do that is your own home, right? Guys, you put on the dog a little bit when you come, you know, to public places. And, and uh, when you come to the church house, you know, you dress it up a little bit. But at home, you know, when your comfort's home, uh, that's where you can get real mean, right? That's where you can let it go. That's where you can really let it go. But, uh, you know, then you think later and you think, oh, man, what did that look like in front of my kids? Um, uh, you know, what did I just do to my wife? That wasn't... I'm ashamed of that. But it says here that uh, a prudent man can cover, that can cover that shame. It doesn't mean make excuses for it. It just means that you didn't go there, <laughs> right? Uh, so... Um, you can have that look when you feel wrath coming on you feel that anger and that irritation that's a red flag right right there the feeling is a red flag right and then you're going to decide what you're going to do with it so the feeling comes and the red flag is be careful what you say right now be careful what you do right now are you about ready to make your wrath known rashly and quickly well you know be prudent and then you're going to that way you won't be ashamed afterwards is is what the the idea is there very practical for all of us let's combine verses 17 and 19 it says he that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness but a false witness deceit in verse 19 the lip of truth shall be established forever But look at this but a lying tongue is but for a moment alright so you can be dishonest and get what you want but it's only going to be for the moment but the lip of truth shall be established forever and God sees it all. And uh, he has a way of keeping track of it all. And you say, think, well, you know, it seems like sometimes it seems like the wicked win." You sure about that? <laughs> um, we have the big picture view of things from God's word. There is, and you can combine this with verse 16. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. Now, uh, I've been, oh, I think we've been here for almost five years now back back in clinton so i know you know i know a lot of your personalities pretty well um some of you we go back even further than this time around so i know your personalities pretty well and uh um you know uh, you get the generally speaking i say clinton baptist church is a very kind place to be and i hope that our children perceive it as that you know that the children here say you know when i go to church i like being there because there's kind people there but uh I've heard, some, I've heard some piercings of the sword. I've, I, I've perceived some piercings of the sword, you know, from time to time in our, in our church. Um, people get a little riled up and say something that can be, you know, a little... Uh, that's, uh, it says here that the, 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 there is a that speaketh like the piercing of the sword. And when something, when something is pierced by a sword, you know, there's a potential for a wound there, and it could be a potential for a wound that gets infected and doesn't heal for a while. Now, when you get pierced by the, by the, by the sword, let God heal that. Let God bring, bring, bring healing in his wings for you. Go to, go to, the, to the great physician for that, and let him take care of that. Look, if you've been pierced by a sword and you're still festering about that, I mean, a wound, it's, it's natural for that to hurt a little while, but if it's not healing after a while, then... You know, you got an infection. That's a problem, right? Um, and uh, but on the other hand, if you dispense that wound, you know, I mean, God, God, God doesn't doesn't He doesn't appreciate it within the body of Christ when we're when we when we're dispensing wounds, um, when we're wounding, you know, this friendly this friendly fire going on, as it were, uh, because no piercing of the of the sword is really really friendly, and and so <clears throat> sometimes this can be a subtle thing. Right, it's kind of like the dagger. It might not be like the javelin, yeah. Right, it might just be the just the dagger, just a little, just a little take out that little dagger, just stick it a little bit. Right, uh, it's pride, is what it is. It's pride. I'm just so much uh, superior to just about anybody in my church, and uh, when the time comes, I'm gonna just a little bit here, just a little bit of, yeah. That's a piercing of a sword. Still, it's still a piercing, and. What good is that going to do, ultimately? What good is that going to do? Is that the Lord's work? We have to ask ourselves. It says here that there is a the speaking like the piercings of a the sword. These, you know, these things speak to me first, believe me. But the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise is health. You know, that's a, that's a wonderful truth right there. Our tongue can bring, can bring health. And it might, even, it might even come across someone, someone who has been pierced, right? Someone who has been stuck a little bit and, and someone's drawn blood on them a little bit. And then, you know, you can, bring, you can bring some, help bring some healing to that. God can use you as an instrument of healing. The worst thing to do is, is to, you know, if there, maybe there's someone who's wounded and then you come and you jab them in the same place. If you ever had an injury? You know, you, like, you notice that injury a lot more for a while, don't you? All right. Uh, you know, recently I caught my I caught my finger, I caught my, my finger in the uh, uh, the wood stove door, the boiler door. Somehow I don't know, and uh, I threw a piece of wood in there, and it got between. And that metal does not give at all, and the wood gave very little. And so no one was out there, thankfully, because I did a really uh, interesting dance at the time. But for some reason, it it hurt like extra. And uh, ever since then, I've been feeling that finger a lot more than I ever remember. You know, feeling it. It seems like you know everything I'm doing is like that finger just always. Uh, you know, reminding me that, uh, that, that that I got it slammed in the door. But, uh, you know, when, when we're wounded and something keeps hitting us in the same place, that can be difficult. And so we should be alert to, to find situations, where can I bring some healing here? Maybe I can use my mouth instead of to, um, you know, to stick it to somebody to heal. And uh, it's, a, it's a great ministry. All right. Verse 20 says, Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. A lot of interesting truths for our times uh, here. Verse 21, There shall no evil happen uh, to the just, but the, the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. When God sees... Um, and we saw it in the last chapter it says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord hey if there is voter fraud going on in our country I don't know you know I don't I, I, don't, I, I personally don't have any particular way to keep track of that do you something looked kind of strange there to me but I don't know really uh, but there's some people that know about that sort of thing and that know how to track it and that can you know do the math and uh, Um, and if if voter fraud did go on that's a false balance that's an abomination to the Lord Uh, and and God will not take that lightly but they that deal truly are his delight we say we are one nation under God well if we're we're a nation under God uh, you know God's going to pay attention to that I pray that we are a nation under God Uh, you know our money says in God we trust Uh, um, and uh, if we, if we, uh, I pray that we are a nation that, that to a large degree, trust God. Uh, pray, Christian. Pray. Pray that God would bring things to light if they need to be brought to light. Uh, or our, our, you know, what kind of, a, what kind of elections in the future are, are our sons and daughters going to have if the integrity of that isn't, isn't somehow kept in check? What's it going to mean? It's going to, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing good that can come of it. And uh, so, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. A prudeth man uh, concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Uh, The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about about, uh, diligence and hard work versus laziness. Then it says in verse 25, Heaviness in the heart of man maketh a stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. And uh, and 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 so maybe you've experienced a little bit of that heaviness in your heart uh, lately. You know, you just kind of feel, oh man, that heaviness com- coming in, and that that, that 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 discouragement, and oh, I can wear on you. Um, you know, so, some of the, some, some of the things that that are happening, they can wear on you. It's almost like a psychological warfare after a while. You know, um, it, it's like. How long can the looniness go on? You know, Uh, but you just look, stay, just walk with the Lord. Do the things you you always do as a Christian. Stay in his word, pray, seek to be a blessing to others. You know, be a a vital part of your church family. Um, Stay close as a family. Uh, Find a trail in the woods somewhere. You know, walk alongside of a lake. Uh, Paddle out in the middle of a lake while we still can. It's going to be frozen over soon, isn't it? Um, but not today. It was a beautiful day. So, it says, heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it a stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Where are you most prone to find a good word? Well, I'm just going to walk around, you know, until I find somebody that can cheer me up. The best words you're going to find is day by day in God's word. Those are going to be the best words that you find. That's where you're going to be the most uh, ministered to. People will come and go with that sort of thing. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're basing your day on whether someone comes alongside of you and just uh, gives you some some real good words of encouragement, you're gonna be on a on a, a nice little roller coaster ride. Now, I hope it happens to you every day, and I hope you know, I hope that uh, when if you find yourself around me once in a while, I hope I, I hope to be an encouragement to you. I probably won't, won't always be, but I'd like to be. But God's word is faithful; it'll always give you what you need um, along the way, and uh, and so a good word uh, maketh maketh it glad maketh the heart of man glad in the context there verse 26 the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor but the way of the, uh, the wicked uh, seduceth them seduced by it and then verse 27 the slothful man as we mentioned uh, taketh not what he took in, in hunting roasteth not that which he took in hunting but the substance of a diligent man is precious and then the last verse there and the way of righteousness is what's the word How much more positive does it get than that? And so people who want to get the most out of life should look and see what God has to say about things. Because it says, In the way of righteousness is life. The skill of living uh, life God's way, that's where it's it's at. That's where the most fulfilling life is um, right there. And so, you know, at home, when 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 we're talking about the things of God, at church, wherever we're talking about the things of God, you know, talk about them in, in, the, in, those, in those terms of, hey, God's ways of life-giving. They're, they're positive. Um, they're, they're good. And uh, um, that's the truth of it. And then it says, And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. There is no death. And so it's a very positive uh, book of the Bible. It might seem like a lot of information challenging us in a lot of areas of life, but ultimately, Verse 28, uh, read that Read that. that, that verse uh, with me. Verse 28, we'll finish together. Together in verse 28, ready? In the way of righteousness is light. In the pathway thereof, there is no death. What a wonderful verse. Uh, what a positive verse to, to, to end with uh, here tonight. Be encouraged, Christian. Be encouraged. We serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. We serve the everlasting Father. And uh, don't... don't uh, Look, we, the people who don't have the peace of passes understanding need to see that in Christians. If they don't see it in Christians, where are they going to find it? Where are they going to find it? Don't be a doom and gloom person. All right? Uh, because this, it's not biblical. It's not biblical. And, uh, um, you know, Proverbs just, uh, just shows us uh, uh, we're on the winning side and his ways, uh, his ways are good. Let's pray. <coughs> Lord, thank you for your work.